All yes, right. indeed. I uh, believe we've got uh, 6.30. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much. Uh, good evening and welcome to the Wednesday, March 24th, 2021 meeting of the Lawrence Douglas County Metropolitan Plan Planning Commission. My name is David Carter. I'm the chair of the commission. And before we proceed, I'm going to turn it over to Becky Pepper to inform us about the, um, the protocol for the evening. Good evening. Becky? Good evening. Thank you. My name is Becky Pepper, Planning Manager, and joining me here in the City Commission room is Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services Director, and Kyle Kobe, who will be helping to facilitate the Zoom video portion of the meeting. We will work alongside the chair, who's on vi remote video, to facilitate the meeting proceedings. Currently, we have everyone muted, so you can talk, talk through the general ground rules for tonight's meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast live on the City's YouTube channel. During the meeting, please mute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon, which will be found on the lower left-hand corner of the Zoom menu next to the video icon. When you're muted, a red line will appear over the icon. This will make it easier for everyone to hear the meeting. Just remember to unmute if and when you want to speak. In the menu, you can also turn your camera on and off by clicking the video icon, which is located next to the microphone icon. For the purposes of this public meeting, please keep your video on for the duration. If you're participating by phone, you can enter star six to mute and unmute your phone. Somewhere on your Zoom screen, you will also see a choice to toggle between speaker and gallery view. Speaker view shows the active speaker and gallery view tiles all the meeting participants. Commissioners, you must state your name and title each time you speak. Members of city staff will also state their name and title each time they speak. I would also ask the applicants and members of the public to identify themselves each time they speak and to ensure that everyone is able to follow along. When public comment is sought on an item, individuals participating via Zoom should use the raise your hand feature. Windows and Mac users can access this feature through the participants button at the bottom of the screen. Android and iPhone users can access this feature through the more button located at the bottom right corner of, this, of their screen. And for those calling in by phone, you may dial star nine. Individuals will be called upon by name in the order they appear on the meeting host screen. When you're called on, please unmute your listening device and state your name before speaking. The chair will then call for in-person public comment for those who are physically present. Staff will direct you to the podium to speak while following social distancing and safety protocols. The regular three minute time limit will apply. All motions will need to be stated clearly after a motion is made and seconded, staff will call on each commissioner individually to provide their vote. Staff will then announce whether the motion carried and the count of the vote. I want to again remind everyone to please mute them yourselves when you're not speaking. And now I'll turn the meeting over to the chair. Thank you, Becky. David Carter, chair. Uh, before we proceed, um, I'd like to direct uh, commissioner's attention to the minutes from our last meeting. And uh, uh, hopefully you've had a chance to review that. Um, we'll accept any uh, amendments or edits to that. Otherwise, I would accept a, uh, a motion to accept the minutes. Does anyone have any comments or amendments? Okay, would anyone care to make a motion to accept? Uh, Commissioner Sinclair. Yeah, uh, Luke Sinclair, uh, Planning Commissioner. I move that we approve them. Thank you, Commissioner Sinclair. David Carter, Chair, do I have a second? Uh, Commissioner Ashworth, thank you. Um, uh, Jeff, could I ask you to read the roll, please? 
Certainly. Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services Director. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Butler? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Sands? Yes. Commissioner Shanklin? Yes. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Commissioner Struckoff? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes 10 to 0. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. At this time, I'd like to ask if there are any reports from any committees that have met over the past month. Seeing none, um, uh, Jeff, can you tell me if there are any additional uh, written communications from the public that are not in our packet already? Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services. All communications were included in your packet this evening. Fantastic. Thank you. David Carter, Chair. Um, how about uh, any written communications from staff, other uh, or planning commissioners or other commissioners? Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services. No additional communications on those items. Thank you. Um, how about any um, uh, written action of any waiver requests or determinations made by the city engineer? Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services Director. None this evening. Very good. Thank you. Um, uh, now I should ask, uh, do commissioners uh, wish to uh, share any ex parte communications? Okay, seeing none. How about uh, any declarations of abstention from specific agenda items? Okay. Um, I guess th this is the uh, point of, this, of, the, of the meeting where we open um, the floor to public comment to any members of the public who want to speak on any items not already on the agenda. Are there any members of the public who would like to speak about something not already on the agenda right now? Okay. That brings us to our first item of the regular agenda. Um, item one, consider approving a preliminary plat for Rosner subdivision second plat located at 3829 Hillsong Circle. And I believe Avery is presenting on this. Yes, uh, good evening commissioners. My name is Avery Kerner and I am a planner with the planning division. The item before you this evening is to consider approving a preliminary plat item number PP-21-00026 for Resner Subdivision Second Plat, formerly known as Resner Edition, located at 3829 Hillsong Circle. This preliminary plat was originally submitted under the name of Resner Edition, but was later changed to Resner Subdivision Second Plat at the request of the Register of Deeds. This name change was due to the fact that Resner Edition was too similar to the previously recorded plat of Resner Subdivision recorded back in 2014. This preliminary plot application proposes to reestablish a plotted lot line that was previously dissolved through the minor subdivision process back in 2014. Prior to the minor subdivision in 2014, the property was plotted through the major subdivision process in 2001 as part of the Stonegate 3 edition. The preliminary plot before you this evening proposes two lots that are consistent with the original plotted lot configuration approved under the final plot of Stonegate edition. Typically, the lot modifications proposed with this application would be reviewed under the minor subdivision process outlined in the subdivision regulations for Lawrence and unincorporated Douglas County. However, the code states that lots are only eligible to use the minor subdivision process once. 
and any further divisions or consolidations must be processed as major subdivisions. So because the lot previously went through the minor subdivision process back in 2014, the modifications proposed today were reviewed under the major subdivision criteria. The preliminary plat is the first of two steps in the major subdivision process. If approved tonight, the applicant will then submit a final plat that will then be reviewed and considered for approval administratively. This preliminary plat does not propose to modify the existing right of way for Hillsong Circle. And the property is currently served by municipal services and will not require any public improvement plans. Those needs and requirements would have been met at the time of approval for the final plot of Stonegate 3 edition back in 2001. Both of the proposed lots conform to the density and dimensional standards of the RS7 zoning district, as well as the subdivision regulations as described in the body of the staff report provided in your packet this evening. Based on the findings listed in the staff report and presented tonight, staff recommends approval of preliminary plot Item number PP-21-00026 for Resner Subdivision Second Plat, located at 3829 Hillsong Circle. And with that, I'd be happy to answer any questions should you have them. And I believe we also have Steve or Mary Resner with us tonight in case you have any questions for the applicant. Thank you. Thank you, Avery. David Cutter Chair. Um, Mr. Rosner, would you care to um, add anything to Avery's report? Um, Steve Rosner and Marianne Rosner here. Um, we uh, nothing, nothing to add. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Um, and, and we don't have anyone signed up in advance to speak. Um, uh, Kyle or Becky, could I ask you to? Um, like well, first, I should say to the public: if anyone wants, anyone wants to speak, please use the Zoom function that Becky explained before to raise your hand. And uh, Kyle or Becky, could I ask you to let me know if there's anyone um, uh, wishing to speak on this? Kyle Kobe, Planner. Uh, I do not see any digital hands being raised, and there's nobody in the room with us to speak on this item. Very good. Thank you, David Carter, Chair. With that, I'll turn it over to the Commission for any questions to the applicant or to Avery or to staff. Um, I guess if there are no other commissioners speaking, I guess I'd just uh, like to ask Avery, the, through the process you described, um, this property has already been, um, uh, we've had, uh, uh, to a, a dissolution of, of boundaries between between uh, plat or between uh, parcels, can you do you have any background on what was the uh, history of why the um, uh, the parcels were were dissolved into one? This is oh. yeah. Sorry, this is, this is, okay. Oh, Mr. If this is a question for Mr. Rosner, that would be that would be fine. All right. This is David Turner with the Planning Division. I would say that this is a better question suited for uh, Steve. All right. This is Steve uh, Rosner. Um, originally, had planned to uh, uh, build a, a a garage with a living space uh, on it beside it for uh, my uh, parents. Uh, my father, who was uh, um, ill and uh, needed uh, needed help, they were going to move in and uh, we were going to care for him. He uh, subsequently took a turn for the worst and passed um, and just didn't have the heart to uh, continue with the project. 
I'm, um, I'm very sorry, Mr. Rosemith. Um, uh, David Carter Chair, thank you for the background. Um, do any other uh, commissioners have any other uh, questions for the applicant or for staff? Commissioner Willie. Again, Willie, Planning Commissioner. I'm happy to make a motion. I would also have one quick question for, for Avery. This, um, this rule that a minor subdivision can only be used once and then it has to be processed as a major subdivision, um, is that a useful rule or is that something that is troublesome and maybe could be done away with? This is Avery Kerner, uh, planner with the planning division. I'm not sure that I know how to answer that question. I might pass that on to either Becky Pepper, the planning manager, or Jeff Crick, the director of planning and development services. Jeff Crick, planning and development services. Uh, Commissioner Willie, it's it's an interesting caveat in the rule in there. It's not we've not run across instances like this very often where a minor subdivision has been done and then it requires to go for a preliminary and a full plat to come back to it. It's it's been a very rare instance. Um, I would say, though, is I think the, the spirit and the intent of the minor subdivision was to kind of make the process very quick and, and you know, kind of light in that process. And that might be an instance where the, the rule that's currently in the subdivision regulations doesn't quite meet the purpose, possibly. But it's, we've not run into one of these that I can remember in my time, but it, it may have been even, this may also just be the first time we've run into one, too. I have, I have not looked through the files to confirm that yet. Thank you, Jeff, for, for taking that on. Uh, I've never seen one. Obviously, you've been here longer than I have. Um, if it were a reoccurring thing, I think that might be something worth looking at. But as it is, it's probably not worth messing with. Um, Mr. Chair, I would make a motion if you are ready. I'm very ready. Thank you. Uh, David Thank you. Carter, Chair, please. Uh, Commissioner Willie. Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner. Uh, I move to approve the preliminary plat for the Rossler Subdivision Second Plat, formerly known as Rossler Edition. Thank, oh. yeah. Thank you, Commissioner Willie. Uh, David Carter, Chair, do I have a second? Commissioner Struckoff. Um, uh, any further discussion? All right, thank you. Um, Jeff, could I ask you to call the roll, please? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Butler? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Commissioner Sands? Yes. Commissioner Shanklin? Yes. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Commissioner Struckoff? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes 10 to 0. All right. Thank uh, you, uh, uh, David Chair, and um, uh, Steve and Mary, thank you for your patience with the process. Uh, that takes us to item number two, consider a variance from, uh, from section 20-810E of the subdivision regulations for a minor subdivision located at 814 West 23rd Street to allow reduced right-of-way for a principal arterial street uh, um, from 150 feet to 83 feet. Uh, and I believe we have um, Sandy presenting on that. 
Yes, Commissioner, Cindy, Sandy Day with the planning office. Um, this item is a variance related to a minor subdivision that staff is currently working on. This is also related to a site plan application for the property that includes a small building addition. Because that building addition would go over the interior property line, the applicant is required to do a minor subdivision to consolidate that property. It's located on uh, 23rd Street. And as part of that project, um, we look at the adjacent right-of-way, in this case, 23rd Street. And you have seen properties replat along 23rd Street where we have an existing principal arterial street with a very specific street profile. The properties on the north side of 23rd Street tend to be shallower, um, smaller commercial properties where larger commercial properties tend to be located on the south side. Um, there is a fairly uniform amount of right-of-way from the center line of the street along um, that particular part of the corridor, about 30, uh, 33 feet um, on the north and 50 feet on the south. The requirement to provide the, the specific amount of right-of-way that's specified in the subdivision regulations would substantially diminish the property and its ability to redevelop. Um, this is consistent with several other kinds of considerations that we've looked at at properties along um, these principal corridors that were constructed prior to current design standards. And we, as we've talked about, um, that may be a future subdivision text amendment to look at the principal arterial streets that are within the urban core area. The proposed request is consistent with the intent to provide adequate right-of-way. There are no plans to expand the width of 23rd Street in this particular segment of the street corridor, and staff's recommendation is to support the variance for the reduced right-of-way to leave the right-of-way as it sits today. And I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. David Carter, Chair. Um, do we have Mr. Maurer here to... Uh um to speak or any other representatives of the applicant uh i guess not um if uh, any members of the public would like to speak on this i'd ask you to raise your hand and um uh, either on uh on uh uh, on Zoom or um, Jeff or, excuse me, um, Kyle or Becky, is if anyone's in the uh, chamber to speak. Kyle, Kobe, Planner, I am not seeing any digital hands going up and there's nobody in the room to speak on this item. All right, thank you. Uh, David Carter, Chair, with that, I'll turn it over to the commission for any questions to Sandy or uh, the rest of staff. Uh, Commissioner Ashworth. Uh, Sharon Ashworth, Planning Commission. Just um, a, a quick question. How far um, west is that new section of 23rd that is being planned right now, um, going for, coming from east into town west? Where's the cutoff for that uh, reconfiguring of 23rd Street? Sandy Day, Planning Office. You know, I'm not exactly sure where that boundary is at the moment. I don't know if Jeff can answer that or not. Um, it, something is sticking in my mind that it was some uh, Barker-ish, but I'm not sure. 
I was thinking I was thinking it was much further east than where we're talking about right now. Yeah, I, I believe so. Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services Director. The, the boundary for that was where the overpass kind of lands at Lenard Avenue. Uh, that would be the far west boundary for that study area. Uh, Commissioner Ashworth, does that uh, uh, satisfy your question? Very good. Thanks, yes, it David. Does. Thank you. I just wanted to know where it was in relation to what we're discussing. Of course. David Carter, Chair. Um, any other questions from commissioners? Uh, Aaron Payton, Commissioner. I actually, could, my internet's kind of cutting out. Could you repeat that, uh, Jeff Crick, just the last part of what you said there, where that where that is? Jeff Craig, Planning Development Services Director. Certainly, the west boundary was just as the overpass kind of landed on near, which would be basically uh, Lenard Avenue on the western boundary. Very good. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. Other questions? Um, Commissioner Struckoff. Uh, Mr. Chair, I'd be happy to make a motion if we're ready for it. There are no further discussions. Uh, David Carter, Chair, it would appear we might be. So, Commissioner Struckoff, please have at it. I move we approve the variant requested for the minor subdivision MS 21-00058 to allow the reduction of the right away on West 23rd Street. Thank you, Commissioner Struckoff. David Carter, Chair, do I have a second? Commissioner Sands, thank you. Uh, any further discussion before we move to a vote? All right, uh, Jeff, could I ask you to read the roll, please? Certainly, Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services Director. Uh, Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Butler? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Commissioner Sands? Yes. Commissioner Shanklin? Yes. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Commissioner Struckoff? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes 10 to 0. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. That takes us to item 3. Consider approving a text amendment to Chapter 20 of the City of Lawrence Code to allow animal services, sales, and grooming as a home occupation use. Um, and I believe Kyle is presenting on this. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Uh, Kyle Kobe, planner. Um, this application proposes text amendment to the Lane Development Code related to home occupation uses. The applicant would like to operate a pet grooming service out of her home, which is a use classified as animal services, sales, and grooming. Section 20-537 of the Lane Development Code contains the use regulations for home occupation uses, which are uses accessory to a residential dwelling unit. The current standards prohibit all types of animal services uses. This text amendment would modify the code to allow animal services, sales, and grooming through two changes. First, amending the prohibited uses section of the regulations to permit sales and grooming. Second, I'm sorry. Second, an additional type B home occupation regulation stating that no more than four animals be on site at any given time for grooming services. These changes are intended to allow a home-based business for pet grooming, such as the one described by the applicant without opening up all of the other types of animal services uses. Limit of four animals is intended to restrict the potential scale of such uses from growing to a scale not in keeping with residential areas, 
while allowing a single pet owner to bring the same amount of animals on site as they are permitted to own on their property. Staff supports the proposed changes and recommends the Planning Commission forward the proposed amendment to the City Commission with a recommendation for approval. I'd be happy to answer any questions you may have and I see that the applicant is here with us tonight as well. All right, thank you, Kyle. David Carter, Chair. Uh, Ms. Lewis, uh, would you care to add uh, to anything that Kyle's presented already? Um, no, I don't have anything to add right now. Very good, thank you. Uh, David Carter, Chair. Um, do we have any members of the public who would like to speak on this? Uh, you know the drill. Uh, use your Zoom function to raise your hand. And I'd ask Kyle to please report if there's anyone Zoom or in the chamber to speak on this. Kyle Kobe, Planner. I am not seeing any digital hands going up and there's nobody in the room to speak on this item. Very good, thank you. David Carter, Chair. With that, I'll turn it over to the Commission for any questions to uh, Ms. Lewis or to uh, Kyle or to the rest of staff. Commissioner Shanklin. Commissioner Shanklin. Greg Shanklin, Planning Commissioner. Um, I, uh, I think the grooming as requested is a fine idea. Um, adding the, the word sales and, I think, is a text change that probably opens it up for Ms. Lewis to sell animals out of her garage as well. Um, that uh, the words of limitation uh, as to four animals apply only to grooming. And so uh, it would enable her to operate as a pet store. And so I, what I would recommend is we say, rather than with the exception of sales and grooming, we say with the exception of sale, with the exception of grooming rather, and sales, uh, accessory sales to grooming, or worse to that effect. Because I think that's what's intended. Uh, David Carter, Chair. Commissioner Shanklin, did you want to direct that to anyone in particular or uh, uh, to, to staff, to Jeff, perhaps? Well, I, I suppose that's directed or to, to Kyle. Kyle. Yes. Kyle Kobe, Planner. Um, yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from there. So the use of the term sales and grooming was used just because that is the term that's in the, the land development code. Although I do see where um, there could be some confusion. Um, just off the top of my head, I could see uh, in the, um, the additional Type B home occupation regulations um, that you see in your staff report that's highlighted there. Um, perhaps just the addition of something that speaks to retail sales. Um, when we were putting this together, one of the things that we took into consideration is that retail sales are entirely accessory to any services provided on the site. So the intent of that is that um, using uh, haircutting services as an example, if somebody came to get a haircut, you could also buy hair care products, shampoo or combs or something of that nature. So the, any retail sales would need to be uh, accessory to that, but I could see maybe there are some scenarios where both of those might be happening on site. I don't know if Jeff looks like he's poised to say something. Nope, I'm sorry, I misread his body language. Uh, thank you, David Carter, Chair. Commissioner Shanklin, would you like to follow up? Greg Shanklin, Planning Commissioner. Um, I, Kyle, I, I think that um, the, the problem that we have is that the word sales and, and grooming used elsewhere in the code provide for pet smarts. And so, um, you know, would enable someone to 
to, you know, uh, sell beagles or rabbits or canaries or whatever um, without more. And so I understand that the intention is, is grooming and accessory sales, but that isn't what the code would provide as it currently reads, I don't think. Kyle or, or Jeff, would you care to respond to any other follow-up response to Commissioner Shankman's question or observation? Jeff Craig, Planning Development Services Director. I think Commissioner Shanklin's got a very good point there. We might want to revisit that in part of the use regulations to make sure that we have the language so it clarifies that it's not, uh, you couldn't do a, a pet store as a home occupation, but the sales of items that would be accessory to the grooming would be more clarified. So I uh, do agree the, uh, with Commissioner Shanklin on that point. We probably need to refine that language a bit more for the amendment. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. I'll confess that was my one uh, question around this whole item. It, it, it seems, I mean, the, I, the, the, the change itself to me seems perfectly uh, not just defensible, but, uh, but um, you know, a, a positive economic and, um, and uh, you know, neighborhood development move. Uh, but I kept getting stuck on this term popping up over and over again. And I wondered first if it was like an SIC code, something that was required to be stated in that particular way. And if not, I would also suggest that it be changed to something like uh, grooming and, and as, as Commissioner Shanklin put it, and accessory sales or and associated sales, something that made it very clear what the intent was, because it's rather, it's, it seems not just confusing, but almost misleading. Uh, Commissioner Struckoff, do you have a question, comment? Uh, Planning Commissioner Eric Struckoff, um, I think uh, also in in, uh, in eight section uh, VI, um, where it says no more than four animals may be on site at any given time for grooming services, um, that's the only place that limitation is in place. Um, and I think uh, following on Commissioner Shanklin's concern that the concern is the sale of animals. Um, in addition to the grooming services. So there is a limitation on the number of pets that can be, of animals that can be there for grooming, but not uh, for sales. Um, so that's another um, another side that gave me, another part of the, of the proposal that gave me concern as well. Um, I do think this is a good proposal. I, I would support it, um, but I want to make sure that it doesn't open up to um, animal sale, the sale of animals um, as a main pursuit. And that uh, uh, the retail sales that do occur are Thank you, Commissioner Strokoff. Did you want a response from anyone to that observation? Commissioner Eric Strokoff. Uh, no, uh, that was just my observation. Uh, perhaps that's that, uh, that a means to direct the, the wordsmithing of this, uh, of this proposal as we proceed. Fair enough. Thank you. David Carter, Chair. Any other questions, observations from commissioners? Commissioner uh, uh, Carpenter. Jim Carpenter, Planning Commissioner. Uh, I just have a question about the time parameters of this use. Is this, it's only allows four animals at a time for grooming, but can these animals be kenneled overnight or, or for a longer period? Um, do we need language that says they, animals are not to be kept overnight in somebody's garage? <laughs> Or, you know, I, I, I'm unclear of just what the parameters of this 
uh, text amendment are as far as how, how long animals will be on site. Kyle Kobe with planning. I think I can answer that um, uh, through two two main ways. So uh, under the animal services definitions, there are there are four um, different types of animal service uses. There's sales and grooming, kennels and daycare, veterinary and livestock sales. So in the definition of sales and grooming, it specifically states no overnight boarding is allowed. Um, and then the other component would be just in the. Um, let me get it pulled up so that I'm not saying it wrong. So in the uh, additional type B home occupation regulations, the first one, uh, the hours of operation state that um, home occupation uses, um, customers or clients may visit the site only during the hours of 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. That would also be a restriction on um, the time in which um, this use could take place. I guess theoretically somebody could drop uh, an, an animal or pet off and then come back the next day between those hours. But just based on the definition of sales and grooming, it would automatically eliminate the possibility of overnight boarding um, by default. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Carpenter. David Carter, Chair. Any other questions from uh, commissioners? If not, would anyone care to make a motion? Uh, Commissioner Ashworth. Um, Sharon Ashford, Planning Commission, I'd be happy to make a motion. Um, do we need to know what the language is before that? Great um, question. What would, be the, what would be the technical way to go ahead and make a motion? Uh, Jeff, would you uh, enlighten us on that, uh, on that aspect? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services Director. I think given the, the discussion this evening and the context, we would actually probably ask you to defer this item a month and let us bring, or defer it to the next available meeting, excuse me, let us bring the language back so you can all see it before the amendment goes up. That way we make sure we're capturing that, that discussion correctly. Um, another option that is out there is if the commission does have a uh, modification, they can recommend approval with that language and we can wordsmith that on its way to city commission if that is a more preferable item. But I think given, given that change, staff would recommend that the language come back so planning commission can see it before adoption. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. Commissioner Shanklin, would you care to speak? Greg Shanklin, Commissioner. Uh, just in the interest of, of moving this process along for the applicant as quickly as possible, and because it's such a small text change, um, I'd like to make a proposal um, that then if people appear to agree, we could incorporate into a motion. Um, and I would simply say that the, the new restriction in uh, section one Romanet 2D, animal services, um, in lieu of saying with the exception of sales and grooming, we say with the exception of grooming and ancillary sales. I believe that's simple enough and we could uh, recommend that to the commissions. Thank you, Commissioner Shanklin, David Carter, Chair. Um, uh, is that a we would we need to do a uh, you know replace all on that. I mean, this would be any time the existing wording is specified, you'd want to update it with the new wording. I I think this is the only instance that we have to concern ourselves with um, because we're not 
we're no longer referring to sales as it appears uh, in the code in the section on uh, sales and grooming. We're just saying grooming as, as a defined part of the code. Sure. Yeah, David. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, David Carter, Chair. Um, it, it, do we have uh, Randy um, with the um, with the various alternatives that have been brought up? What seems the most? Um, and I, I, I share Commissioner Shanklin's desire to allow the applicant to uh, move this along as quickly as possible. But the whole point of uh, raising this was to prevent you know future abuse, perhaps by somebody else. Um, what, what would be your recommendation of the circumstances? This is Randy Larkin, Deputy City Attorney. Uh, typically, before these go to the City Commission, they come to my office for review to make sure of consistency with other code provisions. So I always tweak these a little bit anyway before they go to the City Commission. So this is going to I can make sure that we've captured exactly what you said. I understand what, what it is that you want changed, and we can take care of that. Uh, the planning staff will make the changes and send it to me for my review, and then I'll go to the city commission. So I, I, I don't have any problem with you going forward with it or deferring it. That's pretty much your decision. Thank you, Randy. Um, David Carter, Chair. Uh, Jeff, would that would you be agreeable to that? Yes, the basic. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, Jeff Crick, Planning Development Services Director. We'd be fine with that. We we think we've got the Commissioner Shanklin's language recorded correctly, so we'd be happy to make that change if the board would like to proceed in that direction. Okay, thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. Uh, Commissioner Ashworth, uh, should we return to your motion and would you like to incorporate um, the condition that uh, the, uh, the language be updated? Yes, I can give it a try. Sharon Ashworth, Planning Commissioner, I move that we, uh, let's see, recommend the proposed amendment to the city of Lawrence code chapter 20 to allow animal services, sales and grooming as a home occupation use to the Lawrence city commission with a re recommendation for approval. And with the, uh, let's see, attendant change in the language to reflect the planning commission discussion. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Ashworth. If I didn't know better, I might mistake you for a lawyer. Um, let's see, David Carter Chair, do we have a second to that? Okay, Commis uh, Commissioner Payton, thank you. Uh, any further discussion before we uh, go? All right, thanks. Uh, uh, Jeff, could I ask you to read the roll, please? Certainly, Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Butler? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Commissioner Sands? Yes. Commissioner Shanklin? Yes. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Commissioner Struckoff? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes 10 to 0. All right. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. That moves, uh, uh, um, takes us to item uh, four. Uh, consider approving a text amendment to the City of Lawrence Land Development Code, 
uh, Articles 4, 5, and 17 to modify the definition and standards related to garage condos. And uh, Sandy, you're presenting on this as well? I am. Thank you. Sandy Day, planning staff. This item is a text amendment to modify the definition and the standards related to a specific use that was added into the land development code in 2018. Uh, we started talking about garage condos. It was a new use um, at that time. And uh, what staff did was to do a little bit of research and specifically talked with DeSoto about their project. And their project um, specifically did not include um, utility services other than electric. It did not have sanitary sewer or water. Um, as we have had additional review and discussion with them and at the applicant's request, um, we revisited the topic to look at specifically the idea of making these units available with a full complement of utilities. Many of the garage condos are um, highly finished out and they become um, very unique spaces that provide for some gathering space for individuals. They are owned individually um, rather than a, a more typical mini warehouse project that is a, a rental type of format. The proposed text amendment modifies also the use groups that garage condos would be permitted in. The applicant's request included allowing the use in the CS district as well as the CN district. And throughout that review process, um, staff concurred that the use could be uh, located in the CS district. It had enough similarities to other uses that we find in the CS district. It's also a use that could probably be well suited to being able to um, be modified or transformed or uh, somehow repurposed in, in a different kind of commercial um, activity like we see other kinds of multi-tenant businesses in strip kind of buildings. Um, however, that would always uh, require that the whatever use is being proposed of those individual units must be allowed in that base district. Staff did not concur with the applicant's request to include the use in the CN district. I think there are uh, more uses in that district that we probably want to visit more holistically and that staff envisions bringing forward a text amendment at some time in the future, really looking at all of the uses that are permitted, allowed, not allowed in the CN district. So that is the scope of what we looked at for the application. So it was not necessarily that this text amendment grew out of a particular error in the code but more um, refining the use and allowing a little bit more flexibility. And that is also consistent with the language that we see in the comprehensive plan to provide multi-purpose buildings, um, to allow flexibility of use, to allow some infill development. And staff's recommendation then was um, for approval. The other thing that we did was also modify the use standards a little bit to be specific to what a garage condo is. Some of the design standards for um, mini warehousing type uses were, were maybe not necessarily applicable to a garage condo. So we wanted to go ahead and just spell those explicitly out in the proposed text amendment. 
know the applicants here on the call. I'm happy to answer any questions um, as well as the applicant can answer some questions for you. Thank you very much, Sandy. Um, and uh, David Carter Chair, I believe we've got uh, Joy Ray here. Uh, would you care to uh, add anything to what uh, Sandy has presented? I think Sandy, did, can you guys hear me okay? My internet's been going. Yes. Okay, so Joy Ray with Paul Werner Architects. Um, Sandy did a good job covering everything. Um, when we first turned the site plan in for garage condos, the one that's attached to uh, the agenda item a few years ago, um, we just found in talking with the client that it would be easier if people were buying these individual units um, for a hobby space. They're going to be there quite a bit of time. Um, it'd just be handy if you're working on a vehicle or anything along those lines at your muscle car, whatever it is, um, just to have a space in this unit that you have purchased to be able to, you know, wash up take care of sanitary needs, things of that nature. Um, so it's really, it's just to make this a more convenient uh, use for a person who would who would buy one of these units. And they do end up being very nice units in the pictures I've seen uh, from DeSoto, so. All right, thank you, Ms. Ray. Um, do we have any, uh, if we've had any members of the public who'd like to speak, uh, please raise your hand uh, using the Zoom function. And I will ask Kyle to uh, report on whether you're seeing any hands or any folks in the chamber. Kyle Kobe, Planner. I am not seeing any digital hands and I still do not have anybody in the room to speak on this item. Very good. Thank you, David Carter Chair. With that, I'll turn it over to the Commission for questions to the applicant or to Sandy or other staff. I guess I'll start by, oh, forgive me, uh, uh, Commissioner uh, uh, Sinclair, did you want to ask a question or are we just stretching? I was going to raise my hand to ask oh, a question. Oh, that's fine. You go ahead first. Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner. Um, I guess maybe question for Sandy in your communications with um, the folks in DeSoto with respect to the carriage house, I think it's called. Um, is Do you know if that place is desirable? I mean, is it, are people flocking to it? Is it fully occupied? Sandy Day planning office. Um, my conversation with the city administrator was really very eye-opening with regard to the use. Um, they, I don't know if they're full up, but they were looking at trying to construct one more building within their project. Um, he was very complimentary of the projects, of the value that is inherent in these uses, and therefore, you know, that tax base that comes back to the community um, from them. His comment to me was that the property that it's located on, um, specifically, they do not have um, water and san or a sanitary sewer because it was just not available to the property. Had it been, um, he said in retrospect, I, he he would have preferred it to go that way. Um, so it it does appear to be a very desirable project. Was never able to speak with a specific planner in. For, for the um, Olathe Overland Park project, um, but in talking with the realtors um, about it, um, they, they're, they're um, very desirable spaces. 
um, not only for that hobby person, um, but perhaps somebody that maybe uh, wants a different space for their Zooming, you know, kind of meetings or, you know, um, that additional space that you, you want to put your personal belongings in because you don't have a, the garage space in your house that, you know, those kinds of things. So it was very interesting discussions, but they, they appear to be a very desirable product. Um, it was surprising. Thanks, Sandy. Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner. I, I, I would just make one observation that it, it is interesting to consider that a project that does not have sanitary or water hooked up to it in DeSoto appears to be desirable and that we're maybe talking about making projects in Lawrence desirable by adding sanitary and water to them. I, I think I'm seeing maybe a little bit of a disconnect there that making this change is going to bring the clientele that appears to already be in place in Johnson County um, for similar projects without these services. So that's all I was getting at there. Uh, David Carter, yeah. Chair, uh, Commissioner, okay, I was going to ask if uh, <laughs> Commissioner Sinclair, if you wanted a response from staff on that, if you were just making the observation. Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner, I would love a response if it, okay, sure, okay. If it puts me in my place or corrects me. No, not Sandy Day, Planning Office. Um, the project in the, the Overland Park project actually does have water and sanitary sewer. So they were designed with that. They have that ability to connect. DeSoto did not. And so that's why they don't have it. Um, and I don't, I don't think that was clear when staff did um, the review and the text amendment in 2018. But we also, um, in 2018, we added specific design standards for all mini warehouse and climate controlled um, units as well, which had been in the old code, but for some reason never got carried forward. So there were two things going on in 2018. Um, it, I, I agree. It is interesting that the DeSoto project is so popular without that particular utility, yet um, it, the experience from, the, from what our applicant has said is that their clients were not comfortable without having that utility piece. So that's not something I can speak to. Um, we have two examples, one with and one without utility. So... Great. Thank you, Sandy. David Carter, Chair. Um, when I first dug into the packet and was reading this report, um, what I envisioned was something similar to what's at the corner uh, of the northeast corner of Ninth and Delaware. There's kind of a strip building that's subdivided into like utility spaces. Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Uh, this is for Sandy. And and if so, I'm curious if you can help me understand how this particular model uh, distinguish, distinguishes itself from what is available uh, in that development. Sandy Day planning F, I cannot picture exactly the, the project that you're talking about. There were a couple of projects that kind of came to mind as I was looking at this, where we see um, different kinds of commercial or industrial buildings with multi-tenant spaces, mm -hmm. um, I think it. I think it has more to do with with design and ownership. I I don't know that there's a hard and fast bright line that clearly separates these things. 
um, other than it appears as though it, looking at the other two projects that have been built, they, they have a bit more of that model of, um, of where, mini warehouse with lots of garages, um, not necessarily some of our other commercial industrial projects that have maybe a dedicated parking space. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, those might be the, t- the two distinctions that I kind of see. Um, but um, I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Thank you. David Carter, Chair, other questions from commissioners? Uh, Commissioner Ashworth. Chair Ashworth, Planning Commission. Um, just a, an observation that I, I definitely agree with staff to hold off on the CN district, approving it for CN district. I'm just picturing it. There was a list of um, potential CN districts where something like this uh, might go in, and I, I find them too close to neighborhoods. If I think about a shop where there's metal saws, and cars very close to residential. Um, so I was glad to see that um, staff did not consider it for CN at this point. Um, my one question is, Would there is there going to be any concern for further massaging of this if a mini warehouse area were to convert to garage condos? I could imagine that happening. Sandy Day Planning Office. Um, the discussions that I have had with um, city staff as far as the building permit side, but also with the county in terms of how they do the, the parceling um, within those ownership. And I apologize, I have a very whiny dog. I hope you can't hear that. Um, it, it would be subject to site planning Um, Some of the uh, traditional mini storage units may not necessarily meet current building codes to have the kind of occupancy of those units the way this kind of garage condo designed for that some level of of occupancy. And when I say occupancy, I'm I'm talking about people being in the building and spending time. I want to be very clear that none of this um, is would be allowed for residential occupancy. So um, it's possible they could be converted. They would be subject to site planning, certainly subject to building and fire code upgrades. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Commissioner Ashworth, David Carter Chair, Commissioner Shanklin. Greg Shanklin, Commissioner. Um, just a follow-on to, to that last question, and then I want to raise a couple more topics. But um, I, I think it's probably unlikely that um, the building type that's used for most mini storage spaces um, would be readily adaptable to this kind of use because, I mean, this particular project has 14-foot garage doors. Um, that's uh, not what we see in that you know, a self-storage facility. Um, But to go on, and and this I think is directed to planning staff, but also Commissioner Ashworth's uh, comment about the CN2 district. Um, I I have personal sentiments about this this proposal because um, I I lived for 35 years in in Brooklyn and in a high-rise apartment where the selling point to move to Clinton, Kansas 
was that I was going to get my own garage and I can put a workshop in it. <laughs> and so I, I feel that this is really a neighborhood use. And I, I understand Commissioner Ashworth's concern about noise, um, but you want to be able to walk. I mean, in a, I guess the point number one is it appears from the application that there is a demand and in some part the demand is attributable to the fact that we don't let people build this kind of space on their own uh, residential property, or at least there are restrictions on it that prevent that from happening. And so that creates the need for this elsewhere. Um, a CM2 neighborhood, I think is ideal for this. Uh, so people could walk down the street and go to this facility. We don't create a number of automobile trips in order to satisfy this need. Um, and so, uh, if, if we were not to um, amend regulations that would permit this kind of use on site, um, that at least incorporating this into a neighborhood concept, uh, I think would be a nice use to consider. Um, noise limitations, of course, um, that sort of thing, but um, it, nearby is, is far better than Wait East Lawrence. In my view, I mean, this, this site to me requires long distance trips for most of the users of that space. So, um, just some observations. Thank you, Commissioner Shanklin, uh, David Carter Chair. Uh, before taking uh, Commissioner Sands' uh, uh, question, let me just ask Commissioner Shanklin: Were you expecting staff to respond to your? Um, to your observation, perhaps talk about you know why they argued against uh, the CN. Um, I, I think that it, I wasn't expecting a response because I thought the CN2 question was just a deferral and that they were going to look at it further. Very and good. So I just wanted to lend observations to that analysis. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Sands, uh, you have a question or comment? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with uh, a lot of what Commissioner Shanklin said, but but he really made one point very, uh, very well is that this is there's demand for this because we don't allow it in resident. We don't allow either through restrictive covenants, neighborhood association rules, HOA rules, or maybe even zoning. We don't allow people to put this on a lot, even if it could support it. And I think that's really the that's really the issue that we have here. I personally, and I'm glad we're having this discussion because. Um, I personally don't think it's an appropriate use in either zoning district. And I'll tell you why. Um, for the storage of, let's just say, um, because the applicant has it as an example, the storage of a, of a vehicle. Okay, so it's, so it's a garage. So that's a 15 foot some, some odd structure. And when we look at the list of potential sites, um, for commercial strip, none of the, I can't imagine in my mind's eye, a, a row of garages and, and, and that looking appropriate or being an appropriate use. Um, well, I, I guess I could be convinced that it could be an appropriate use. Now, the use of these spaces as um, like a shop, like a, a woodwork and hobby shop, I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of concerns with that. We've got maker space 
Um, we've already got makerspace zoning as a, as a use or as a special use permit, conditional use permit in certain zones, in certain um, zones. And they're quite restrictive. They don't allow for the use of power tools, for example. So what, what, where do we draw the line between what is a hobby and then what turns into, I, I mean, because I can spend a lot of money on a hobby and have a, water jet uh you know i could have a 240 220 water jet or i could have a a um some sort of machine that 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 cuts wood or metal or or something else and do that as a hobby um i and 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 to have that as a use in either one i mean especially for me cn2 is right out but to have that in, in cs I, that, that doesn't make sense when we don't even allow people doing this as a as a as a profession in in a lot of without a special use permit in a lot of uh, zoning areas. So I think what we really need to do, um, and this is a this is a larger issue, but we need to evaluate what we allow. We need to evaluate what we restrict for the use of hobbies or personal storage in residential lots. Commissioner Shanklin, I mean, that was, in my mind, that was the best part of that point. We restrict so much for people doing very reasonable things, doing some hobby woodworking, keeping a hobby car, keeping a, a, a classic car, whatever that is. They cannot build a structure in their, even if the lot supports it. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not super in favor of this. Thank you, Commissioner Sands. Uh, David Carter, Chair. Commissioner Willie. Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner. Uh, I like it. I like the idea. I think there's a demand for the use. I think it would fulfill a demand where people could still live in town and have their hobbies in town, where services are provided and transportation is provided and jobs and employment without, where otherwise I think they're moving out to the county in order to have those same uses satisfied even though they may not have any other need or interest in living in the county. So I think this is something I would like to see us give it a try and start off with it. Uh, I could see it in either an IL zoning or a CS zoning. Um, I did have kind of the same thoughts between uh, Commissioner Shanklin and Ashworth about uh, the, the neighborhood, uh, neighborhood commercial pros and cons and kind of decided that maybe the thing to do would be to try it in a little bit, um, you know, more, more commercial or industrial space and see how it feels for our community before we decide if that should move into neighborhoods. So I'm, I'm in favor of it. Thank you, Commissioner Willie. David Carter, Chair. Other questions? Aha, uh, Commissioner Strzokov, forgive me. You're stuck in the corner of my screen. Um, <clears throat> I like this idea too, uh, but I had the same concern about location. Uh, I like Commissioner Willie's idea about trying it in perhaps one zone or even IL, uh, as she suggested, um, uh, before expanding it. Um, I think about some of the commercial strip areas uh, near me. I'm not sure it would be appropriate in all of them, but I can see where it would, it would be suitable in some. Um, as I said, in general, I support this idea. I think it's a good idea. The demand is there. Um, 
I might even use them myself. Um, I, I always want more shop space, um, but um, I'm, I'm limited with, with what I have here uh, in my personal space. And, um, and so um, I, I would want to explore um, how we can do this um, and try it out in maybe commercial, maybe commercial strip, maybe industrial. Um, I I am not as I, I'm, I'm I struggle with the CM2 uh, a little bit as well. Um, that, that I want to see other kind of uh, neighborhood retail in those spaces um, and, and commercial. Um, so um, I, not the, the Commissioner Willie's idea was was a good one. I want to ruminate on that a little bit more. Um, and uh, to see where the conversation goes, but I do like this idea and I'm generally supportive of Thank you, Commissioner Strzok. David Carter, Chair. Um, I, 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 so we're not looking at CN2 right now. I guess it's not part of the actual proposal, um, and, but uh, your, your observations, you know, uh, Commissioner Shanklin and uh, uh, Commissioner Strzok about CN2, I, I think it will take. And I have a question for Sandy about um, the ration for considering this a permitted use as opposed to a special use. Uh, not that I'm looking for more, um, more reasons to have to review a proposal before it's permitted, but as opposed to just automatically permitting it in any CS uh, zone, um, what, what were the pros and cons about giving it this designation? Sandy Day Planning Office. I don't know that I spent a lot of analysis going back and forth between being permitted or being a special use permit. Um, it's a use that is, like I said, I think very similar to many kinds of things and activities that we find already in the CS district. I think there would be no harm in moving it if the commission so desires from a permitted to a special use permit that may get at some of your concerns about looking at it at a site-specific location within the CS district, um, taking a look at that, the, you know, that very specific piece. Um, certainly, we have um, commercial design guidelines that would be applied to the, to the building as well as its site location. So, from those perspectives, uh, I think the code can probably um, manage the use in the CS district, um, but it would work either way as a permitted use or as a special use permit. Thank you, Sandy. David Carter, Chair. Any other commissioners we wish to speak on this? Uh, Commissioner Sands. I'd be more than willing to be in favor of this if it was to be a special use permit. Um, it, frankly, it's a special use permit to have this type of structure or this type of use in, in uh, industrial business park, which I would think would be quite a bit more appropriate than commercial strip. Thank you, Commissioner uh, Sands, uh, David Carter, Chair, Commissioner Carpenter. Jim Carpenter, Planning Commissioner. I guess a question to Sandy. I mean, this is already permitted in light industrial and two other industrial districts. And as Commissioner Sands just said, by special permit and a fourth. Um, so just where is this demand that would necessitate expanding this to commercial strip? Your report indicates there's only been one request 
in the past to the, the planning office. So where is this demand? Sandy Day Planning Office, um, I, you you rightfully point out that we do not have um, anything documented in terms of specific applications. So that question may be more directed at the applicant, which is where this application generated. Well, okay, I'll direct that question <laughs> to the applicant. Just how many people are clamoring for this in commercial strip space? I think this on our part was just foresight. When we turn in a text amendment, we just like to make sure we're covering all the things that we can. So it's not like we have people knocking at the door, but as we imagine, you know, like where could this be in the future? Um, that's kind of where, where that comes into play. All right, Jim Carpenter, Planning Commissioner. It seems we already have enough industrial space around town that's sitting idle already. Um, when looking, as Commissioner Sands brought up before, when you look at the list of what is actually zoned commercial strips, I can't imagine this being in any of those. The one at 15th and Haskell, if that those structures are torn down, they're going to have to deal with the environs of a national historically designated homestead there. Um, we've already seen the neighborhood by the one at 9th and Iowa come out and we voted against a mini warehouse of two stories high in a blocky shape at on the vacant space at 9th and Iowa. I mean, 15th, I mean, 23rd Louisiana. I don't know. I, it's just, I, I, I really don't see the need to expand this to commercial strip or it's even its desirability in a commercial strip area. I don't really have a problem with the individual hookups as long as there's no possibility of them ever turning into residences. But as far as expanding the areas where these can be, I, I just don't see the, the reason to do that and open up this can of worms because unless it is the decision that we want to go forward with this and then I would strongly argue that it be made a special use permit so each one is reviewed individually reviewed and not simply permitted. So why, why would it be permitted in commercial strip and not industrial business park? you know, where you have to have a special use. So there's just a lot of things about this that don't make much sense to me. The first of all, I don't even see where the demand is. And I also have to point out the one that's in DeSoto, that's outside of the town. They didn't choose to put that inside DeSoto. They put it out separate in a way, which is why it can't look up the city utilities. So and I have no knowledge about what's been referred to in Johnson County. There's nothing in a report about that. So at this time, I'm not inclined to vote for any in favor of any of this as the way it's presented to us tonight. Thank you, Commissioner, Commissioner Carpenter, David Carter, Chair. Uh, Commissioner Sinclair. Uh, I have a follow-up, Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner, follow-up um, on Commissioner Carpenter's comments, because um, I too, I think that the demand is questionable, uh, but what I'm struggling with a little bit on that is what uh, what part of our consideration of the factors do you think, uh, Commissioner Carpenter, that that would that the de 
the thought that there is not enough demand would fit into for the consideration. Carpenter Planning Commissioner, not much at all. I, I just think it's a not a very good use of the land in commercial strip areas. I mean, if we're having a housing issue, those commercial strips should probably be transformed into housing if they're no longer viable as commercial strips and not as a warehouse. Uh, as Commissioner Sands pointed out, we have these other restrictions, including um, homeowners association restrictive covenants that would prevent doing this in your own neighborhood. So why would we export these uses to somebody else's neighborhood? Because you can't do it in your own. And I think this is all part of a larger discussion about just the very nature of our zoning categories and uses, which we still can't get around restrictive covenants put on by individual homeowner associations. So I think we have a larger discussion here, but I think the thing that really pops out at me is why it would be permitted in commercial strip as a right and re still require a special use permit in an industrial business park where it seems more suitable. Thank you, Commissioners Carpenter and Sinclair. David Carter, Chair. Commissioner Ashworth. National Planning Commission, just a, a, a clarifying question. The commercial areas that Commissioner Carpenter referred to are actually CN districts, correct? As I'm reading it, not CS. No? CN Sandy Day Planning Office, that is correct. The malls at 23rd and Louisiana, Haskell Center at 19th and Haskell, um, Inverness Park, Hillcrest Shopping Center at 9th and Iowa, 15th and Wakarusa were examples that staff included of the CN2 zoning district. And those tend to be very small, compact um, neighborhood commercial developments. Strip commercial or the CS district we find located along all along Iowa Street from 9th Street all the way down to 31st and, and further south, um, 23rd Street, hmm, and also 6th Street are some examples of where we see um, CS zoning district. Thank you, Sandy. Commis uh, David Carter, Chair. Commissioner Ashworth, is that a satisfactory answer? Um, Sharon Ashworth Planning Commission. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify that because I got a little lost because I agree that those sorts of areas are not appropriate for this kind of thing but I was seeing them as CN district, not CS district. Um, I might support this sort of thing for CS district, but definitely not the CN district. Very good. Thank you, Commissioner Ashworth. Uh, uh, Rob Sands, uh, Commissioner, <laughs> Commissioner Sands. Okay, just don't call me late for dinner. Yeah. Rob Sands, Planning Commissioner. Um, yeah, the, what's listed in the staff report certainly are zone CN2. I, I personally wasn't referring to those. Uh, I think, you know, 23rd Louisiana, uh, 23rd Street from Louisiana to Iowa. That's all zone CS. That whole block is zone CS. And north of 23rd Street, to Commissioner Carpenter's point, is right in somebody's backyard. So that's that's one area. Um, South Mass is another CS. There's a there's a block there, which backs right up against the neighborhood. Um, Sixth Street CS. Uh, I think that's. I'm looking at the map right now. It looks like that's near the Pinckney neighborhood. That's backed up against somebody's, uh, you know, that's backed up against a uh, RM12 zoning district. So 
I would, I, I personally, and I'll let Commissioner Carpenter say his piece. I don't want to speak for him, but I personally was not referring to what was in the body of the staff report. There's CS district that is really close um, to uh, residential neighborhoods, and and just in the character of of those CS areas does not, in my mind, warrant the type of use that we're talking about. Now there are certain areas, granted, that are close to auto dealerships. Um, maybe maybe it could be something that goes in in certain. Uh, certain areas that are just just so happen to be zone CS, but the uses are more are more auto oriented. But I I'm with the amount of CS that's right next to neighborhoods. Uh, I I'm not still not into it. Sorry. Thank you, Commissioner Sands, David Carter Chair. Uh, uh, there was a presumption, perhaps, that Commissioner Carpenter had something else to say, or. Uh... Yeah, Jim Carpenter playing Commissioner. You're right, uh, Commissioner Ashworth. I, I misread that. I was thinking CN2 um, as opposed to just CN. So, but still, Commissioner Sands made the same point. We have just like the, the hot plan on 6th Street is trying to contain commercial strip to a narrow area and not let it expand or greatly interfere with the residential neighborhood. And as Commissioner Sands pointed out, most of our commercial strips along the major arterials in the older parts of town, which at least are up past Iowa, um, all of those were built through residential areas and were expanded and became the commercial strips. So putting them there does put it there. Now, it doesn't mean that they would, it, they could, it brings, I think it brings it back that if, if we want consistency, it should be a special use permit and not just permitted by right so that we can. But that's not what we have here tonight. So if we make a motion to send it back and bring it back as a special use permit designation, that would be another conversation. But what we have tonight, I still can't do because I can see too many areas where this would just be inappropriate to permit it by right. Thank you, Commissioner Carpenter. David Carter, Chair. Um, given the discussion so far, I'm I'm glad the issue of um, uh, permit by right versus special use was was developed and discussed because uh, uh, when I look at commercial strips, I mean it, theoretically. I'm sympathetic to Commissioner Shanklin's point that this is the kind of thing you want, you, you know, people may want nearby that they can walk to, that they can uh, entertain as a hobby. But when I think of specific cases, um, another thing that hasn't come up is just a, a commercial viability. What, what a commercial district, um, how a commercial district functions. And, um, you know, I, I don't see this kind of use um, uh, fitting in to a, you know, a vibrant commercial strip development. Um, if this is an opportunity to uh, reuse uh, or to adapt uh, structures that are already on site and make them productive when they're not, um, that's something that I can see, you know, as a special use, but it's not something I'm inclined to support as a, as a permit by right. So, um, I don't know if there's any further discussion, but I would like to ask uh, 
um, uh, either Sandy or Jeff, um, what our options are. I mean, I don't want to presume what the um, what a vote tally looks like at this at this point. But uh, if uh, com if if a majority of commissioners were to accept this as a special use, that's not an amendment we can make to this specific plan. We need to send it back for a change. Is that correct? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services Director. That's correct. I would, I, if that was the case in the board, I would, you know, recommend to send it back to staff with that direction, and we could come back with that language uh, provided to it there. Um, one item, just kind of wanted to make sure was noted because I think it's important maybe to the discussion is that the amendment this evening does not alter the buffer yard requirements as established in, in the land development code. So. In instances where CS would back up to RS or an RM district, it would require a type two buffer yard to be be part of the planning. So I didn't want to be leave that information off the table. I wanted to make sure everybody had that this evening too, just just in case that was relevant to anybody. But uh, to your original question, uh, yeah, it would be if you wanted to direct staff to make that change and bring it back, we could we could accommodate that. Very good. Uh, thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. Is there any further discussion? Um, would people like, like to um, sort of uh, state where they where they stand on this, so that we can get some idea of what kind of motion is likely uh, to move forward? Uh, Commissioner Ashworth, the National Planning Commission. I'd certainly be open to um, favoring a special use permit given the discussion tonight. Thank you, Commissioner Ashworth. Um, I, I'd be interested in hearing from. Uh, from the vice chair, um, uh, how is uh, uh, where is this discussion moving uh, from your perspective? What would you be inclined to support at this point? Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner. Um, I think I would be inclined to support a special use permit. I'm, I guess what, you know I've kind of been going back and forth between the criteria that we're supposed to consider, um, and I think. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not terribly convinced that there's an error that needs to be corrected or an inconsistency in the development code, um, or that there's a changing condition that this, uh, amendment meets. So I think rightly so the, the discussion has been focused sort of on how this fits into, um, to the community, you know, as controlled by the comprehensive plan. And I think that I think the comments that particularly uh, Commissioner Carpenter made were compelling to me. Um, so, you know, I, I'm inclined, I think, to, to, I would be inclined to support this um, as allowed by a special use permit. But um, as it is now, as a text amendment for uh, use as a, a matter of right, I, I'm not, I'm just not there, I don't think. Thank you, Kent. Thank you, Commissioner Sinclair. Uh, David Carter, Chair. If there's anyone else who'd like to raise any points about the um, the uh, the report as presented, um, I, I, I'd like to hear that now. Otherwise, I'd be interested if anybody would like to make a motion that might um, uh, reflect this conversation about um, um, returning as a special use. I'm not inclined to make a motion myself. Uh, 
Ah, forgive me. There goes Commissioner Struckoff again. Uh, please uh, go ahead. Thank you, Commissioner Eric Struckoff. Um, just a point of procedure: Are we, if we um, send this back to the staff with direction, is this going to be a denial or a deferral with instructions to staff? Jeff, would you mind taking that? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services Director. Uh, Mr. Strakov, would you mind repeating? We had a bit of um, static on our side of the line there. Of course. Uh, Planning Commissioner Eric Strakov, my question was whether if in sending this proposal to staff for um, conversion to a special use permit, would we be denying and sending it back or deferring and sending it back to you with instructions? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services Director. Um, Randy can correct me if I, if I step wrong on this one, but in your bylaws, you have the ability to defer the item for information and gathering at that point. So I believe a deferral would be, be in order in that instance. This is Randy Larkin, Deputy City Attorney. I, Jeff has that correct. I think a deferral would probably be the ideal way of going. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. Um, Commissioner uh, uh, Carpenter. Jim Carpenter, Planning Commissioner. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think the motion should be to defer to have staff bring it back with an alternative because if we simply deny it, I think what we're doing is we're sending it to the city commission with a recommendation for denial. And um, I guess Randy can correct me if I'm wrong on that. So. I think it is, is better for us not to have it go to the city commission at all yet until we have an alternative for us to discuss and vote on. Would that be correct, Randy? That is that is absolutely correct. This is Randy Larkin, deputy city attorney, because this could go to the city commission and then they might approve it. However, you know they you know they can do with it as they want to, but you would perhaps not see an alternate version in the future. So if you wanted to see an alternate version, deferral is the best way of doing it. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Commissioner Carpenter. Uh, David Carter, Chair. Any further discussion, questions, or would someone care to make a motion? Commissioner Struckoff. I'll take a shot. Uh, Commissioner Struckoff, I'll take a shot at a motion. Um, I move that we um, defer um, text amendment T21-00027 um, with direction to the staff to present with uh, an alternative, specifically um, a path through the special use permit process. Thank you, Commissioner Struckoff. Uh, David Carter, Chair, uh, do I have a second? Second. Thank you, Commissioner Carpenter. Any further discussion before we go to a vote? Commissioner Sands. Rob Sands, Planning Commissioner. Uh, I'm gonna reluctantly support uh, the motion uh, to have staff uh, investigate this as a special use permit uh, but i want to i want to be clear the only reason that i that i feel that it's worth a second look as a special use permit specifically relates back to our discussion on monday with mmtc and uh commissioner kuzmiak's points of maybe aspirational i'll take it i, I aspire to the same thing of maybe there's some um some larger parking lot areas in located in commercial strip that don't meet demand and maybe there's an opportunity for infill development there however i will say that 
just in my short time on the commission, we've converted a lot of IPB to residential. And, and I, I voted for those at the time because there simply wasn't enough demand to use that IPB land. Now here we are, we have, we're going to expand in a special use into a, another district where we've already got a special use um, in an IPB with a ton of infill opportunity. So I'm going to reluctantly vote in favor of it, but I'm, I'm going to be interested in the, uh, in the conversation on the next one. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Sands. David Carter, Chair. Um, any further discussion? Uh, Commissioner uh, Willie. Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner. Uh, I will support Eric's motion or uh, Commissioner Struckoff's motion. And it, it was open-ended enough that I would also like staff to um, consider in those recommendations uh, for some alternatives, whether or not it, this use should be either by right or by special use permit in the IL district or similar uh, district. So, so we have that full discussion about all of the places where it can occur and whether that should be um, by right or by special use. Thank you, Commissioner Willie. Uh, Commissioner Carpenter. McCarpenter, Planning Commissioner, I would support what Commissioner Willie is putting forward to include in the in the conversation or staff report. And I would just also ask the staff pay attention to if this is looking to put it into the light industrial areas, uh, what the impact of conditional zoning and existing light industrial areas with conditional zoning, would this still be excluded by existing conditional zoning there? Or because it's new, would it not be excluded by conditional zoning? So there's a lot of ramifications here. Side. So I hope that we can cover most of those when this comes back. Thank you, Commissioner Enter, uh, uh, David Carter, Chair. Um, Commissioner Shanklin, want to say something? Greg Shanklin, Planning Commissioner. Um, I, I'm willing to support the motion as well. I, I would just want to encourage planning staff. Um, we, we are a community that wants to be known for its interest in the arts and crafts. And I encourage finding maker spaces wherever we can in our code so that people have them close to where they are um, and that they don't have to drive three miles to get to them. Um, that they can walk, they can ride their bikes, they can use the space. I, I think that that's a way to foster the kind of community that at least I, I moved to Lawrence to see. Um, so anyway, just, just um, wishful thinking. Thanks. Thank you, Commissioner Shanklin. Um, any further discussion before we go to a vote? All right, Jeff, could I ask you to read the roll, please? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services Director. Uh, Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Butler? No. Uh, Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? Commissioner Sands? Yes. Commissioner Shanklin? Yes. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Commissioner Struckoff? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes nine to one. 
Thank you, Jeff, uh, David Carter Chair, and thank you, Ms. Ray, for um, uh, sitting to our discussion. Um, this brings us to item five. I do want to mention, it, we've had quite long agendas in the past uh, couple of weeks, uh, a few months, um, and we've, uh, we've taken recesses. We only have two items left, so I'm inclined to push through these last two um, unless any commissioners um, specifically wish to re uh, request a recess at this point. All right, with that, let's go on to item five, consider approving a request to rezone approximately 35.55 acres from Ag 1 to Clustered Preservation District. Um, and Mary, I believe you're presenting on this. Yes, thank you. Mary Miller, City County Planner. And um, this is a rezoning request and it's similar to the next one on the agenda. It's a little unusual. Um, and I'm just gonna pull up a graphic so I can just show you the property. And so this is a property on East 100 Road. And the situation is that the County Commission put a moratorium on certificates of survey outside the urban growth area while we were working on the revised zoning regulations, but they did not put a moratorium within the urban growth area. And so we had two certificates of survey that were submitted before the zoning regulations were adopted, but they finished afterwards. So they kind of caught caught in that transitional phase. So right now we're just trying to catch the zoning up to the land use and the land divisions. Um, and as I mentioned in the staff report, this rezoning is not gonna increase the development potential. They can develop and this graphic shows the blue stars are the RDPs or the residential development parcels uh, where houses can be built. And the ones without stars are the future development area and so um, this rezoning request, staff asked the Planning Commission to initiate this just so we, as we were aware of this, as we were working through the process, we'd like to apply the correct zoning to this property. Um, it resolves an issue for the property owner and that it removes the non-conforming status, but on our side, it actually removes the Ag 1 zoning, which we would like to re retain that for agricultural land and not for land that's been divided for residential purposes. So it kind of serves two purposes. These are the only two that went through the proce process while the zoning regulations are being adopted, but this may come forward in the future as applicant requests and um, when you do land divisions outside the city limits, uh, you're sometimes able to do them by surveys. We have the certificates of surveys, we have homestead exemption surveys, and there's a few other types of surveys that can be done. And so they're, they're final, they get recorded with the register of deeds, but they're not official until a deed gets recorded. And so there may be property in the Ag 1 district, like 160 acres that has a certificate of survey or has one of these other surveys that in the future, a deed may be recorded and then those will become non-conforming. But it would be up to those property owners to request a rezoning you know, to the correct district to remove that non-conforming status. So I just wanted to make sure it was clear that these are the only two that staff is requesting be initiated. They're the only two that were in the transitional process, but there could be some in the future that uh, property owners would request. And so um, staff is recommending approval of this rezoning to the CP district so that the zoning aligns with the existing land division. And um, I don't know that the property owner is present today, but I'll be happy to answer any questions if you have any for me. Thank you, Mary. David Carter Chair. Uh, is the property owner on the line would care to um, 
add to what uh, Mary has presented. Uh, hi, I'm Marshall McGinnis. I'm, I'm one of the property owners. Um, I, I don't have anything to add to what Mary said, but I'm happy to answer any questions if anyone has any for me. Thank you very much, Mr. McGinnis. David Carter, Chair. Um, as usual, I'll solicit any um, uh, commentary from the public. I don't think we have much public assembled anymore, but um, if uh, you wish to speak on this, please raise your Zoom hand and um, Kyle will recognize you. Carl, uh, Kyle, do you have uh, any, anyone uh, soliciting uh, uh, time to speak or either on Zoom or in the chamber? Kyle Kobe Planer, I am seeing zero digital hands being raised and there are zero individuals here to speak on this item. Thank you, Kyle. David Carter, Chair. With that, I'll turn it over to the commission uh, for any questions for uh, Mary uh, or the applicant. I guess, one moment, uh, I, I want to give myself the opportunity to correct myself. Mary, the city is the, uh, is the applicant or the county is the applicant in this case, or can you please correct me? Because this is a, an administrative action. This is not a zoning request made specifically by the property owner. Is that correct? Correct. Planning staff requested that this rezoning be initiated. So I guess technically we're the applicant. Very good. Thanks for that clarification. So any questions from commissioners? Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and speak up. Um, I, I want to thank uh, Mary, especially for this, uh, for this important clarification, because given the um, uh, applications for zoning changes that we've seen in the past few months, uh, this, this item looked more complicated than perhaps it is. Uh, um, I, I, I was prepared to um, uh, participate in possibly even a lengthy discussion about where this, uh, where this, this um, application fit in with this uh, trend of, of uh, rural zoning changes. Under the circumstances, seeing it as a cleanup by planning staff, it, it looks much less complicated to me. And I'm curious to if other commissioners would like to comment on that, if, the, if you have any uh, other questions or commentary on this. Commissioner uh, Willie. Karen Willie, planning commissioner. Yes, this is a housekeeping item, cleanup item from a time, you know, when we were in transition and between uh, two, you know, two sets of rules. So it is different from cluster preservation uh, requests that we've been seeing. Um, it, it does, I hope everyone saw the graphic, not just the one that, that Mary just showed, but the one that showed the greater neighborhood and how chopped up that land is that is in our, our urban growth area. So uh, that's, that is part of the discussion, the larger discussion, but this particular item and the one following it are, are strictly housekeeping in my opinion. Thank you, Commissioner Willie, David Carter Chair. Uh, other commentary or questions? Commissioner uh, 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 Carpenter. Jim Carpenter, Planning Commissioner. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I have to agree that because of the status of where this is, um, we're just cleaning up designations on this. But Mary, you made a point. You said that there might be other applications. Could you elaborate on what you mean by other applications might come forward along these lines? Yes, uh, Mary Miller, planner. 
since 2006, um, people have been able to divide land through certificates of survey. And before that, they were able to divide land just through surveys. And in the county, there's kind of a two-step process. One is you file your survey with the Register of Deeds. And the date you file that on, that's how they look and see, you know, was it a, in compliance with the code at the time? But we don't actually see it as a land division until the deed gets filed. And by seeing it, I mean, we don't actually, we don't view it as a land division and we don't see it on our maps. So most of us are unaware. So we could be looking at a parcel on our GIS map that's 160 acres. And in reality, it could be divided into all sorts of smaller parcels that had surveys recorded. And until they file the deeds, we're not aware of it. And so there could be, you know, since 2006, I think most of the surveys that were done before them have probably had deeds recorded or probably won't. So I'm expecting it mostly be certificates of survey that were processed. And we have some that they did them. And some people did them in planning for their estate. They didn't intend to sell them. You know, right away, they're waiting to give them to their children or, and so those may get recorded later. And um, the property owners could just deal with them as being non-conforming lots or non-conforming RDPs, or they could request a rezoning and rezoning wouldn't increase the development potential it would just in some cases it could if they had only made one parcel a 40 acre parcel and you zoned to cp it would increase their development potential so probably be best to look at each one and not just assume they're all housekeeping items these are these couldn't be uh, divided any further so Jim Carpenter Planning Commission. So Mary, it's really going to come down to on the individual application as to the recording date of a deed, what rules we're under. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes. Um, any certificate of survey, even um, even ones that are done now, we don't see them until a deed is recorded. The good thing is that since we did the revised zoning regulations, the zoning has to happen first. So we may not see the land divisions, but we'll see the CP zoning. And with the ones before 2020, we could have land divisions and we won't be aware of them until someone files a deed. Okay. Jim Carpenter, Planning Commission. And just to add another layer of um, complication, tonight the county commission is considering whether to initiate a text amendment to the subdivision regulations. Um, will that have, that's going to come to us, but at, would this potentially have any impact on these types of uh, applications in the future? On certificates of survey, it could it could affect you know how, where you could do them and uh, you know how land division could occur. The ones that have already been the surveys have been filed; those are pretty much set. It should not affect those, you know, because they are they are filed at the register of deeds. They're kind of halfway done, and doing the deed just finishes up them up. Okay. Um, but yeah, depending upon where that text amendment goes, there could be changes in how land in the urban growth area can be divided. Jim Carpenter, Planning Commission. Thanks, Mary. I, you know, all the discussions we've had and decisions by, you know, recommendations by this commission and decisions by the county commission, it seems pretty apparent that uh, land division and use in the rural areas of the county is a hot topic and very unsettled at this time. So it's gonna be very, you're gonna to have to look very carefully at each individual application as to where it fits in the continuum of rules as we continue to change them. Would that, that be a fair statement? Yes. <laughs> um, all right, thank you. 
Thank you, Commissioner Carpenter uh, and Mary, David Carter Chair. Um, other questions, comments from commissioners? And if not, I would entertain a motion. Commissioner uh, Sinclair. Oh, go ahead. Commissioner Sinclair. Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner. I do not have a question, but I am willing to make a motion. Uh, before you do, I'll, I'll just have to thank you. Uh, David Carter, Chair, I just want to ask Commissioner Struckoff, was that your intention as well, or did you have a comment? Okay, great. So, uh, Commissioner Sinclair, please continue. Um, I move that we approve the request to rezone approximately 35.55 acres from um, Ag 1 agricultural to CP cluster preservation district based on the findings presented in the staff report and forward it to the board of county commissioners with a recommendation for approval. Thank you, Commissioner Sinclair. David Carter, Chair, do I have a second? Commissioner Struckoff. Um, any further discussion before we go to the vote? All right, thank you. Um, Jeff, can I ask you to read the roll, please? Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services Director. Uh, Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Butler? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Commissioner Sands? Yes. Commissioner Shanklin? Yes. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Commissioner Struckoff? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes 10 to 0. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. Thank you, Mr. McGinnis, for uh, taking the time to join us. Uh, that takes us to item number six. Consider approving a request to rezone approximately 19.85 acres from Ag 1 to Cluster Preservation. Uh, and Mary, you're presenting again. Yes. Mary Miller, City County Planner. And I'll just pull up a graphic of this property as well. And um, I won't go through the whole um, story. It's exactly the same situation. This one was submitted in 2019. We're going through the process. It didn't finish up until after the zoning regulations were adopted. So the blue stars show where the residential development parcels are. Some of the commissioners right, might remember this. This did come before you uh, to request a variance to allow each one of those residential properties to have a access point. And that was approved. And so this rezoning will just apply the CP zoning, which will match the land division that's already occurred. Thank you. All right, thank you, Mary. Um, David Carter, Chair. Uh, do we have, would, is the property owner here? Would care to add anything to uh, Mary's report? Yes, um, Thomas Marshley, know the property owner and just wanted to thank Mary uh, for putting up with all my emails and questions on trying to explain exactly what was going on and what all this meant. So uh, thanks to Mary for her work on that. And um, um, if anybody has any questions for me, um, I'm here and available. Thank you, Mr. Marcelino, David Carter Chair. Um, I'll, I'll solicit public comment, but I don't think we have any, any public left. So... Um, uh, Kyle, if I could just ask you to look for Zoom hands or uh, and confirm that there's no one in the chamber. Kyle Covey, Planner. I'm seeing zero Zoom hands and zero individuals in the room with us right now. Uh, thank you, Kyle. With that, I'll turn it over to the commission for uh, questions or comments. I guess um, 
I'll, I'll just ask Mary um, if you could just, I guess you've confirmed that this is exa essentially exactly the situation, the same situation of what we, what we just approved. And that's correct. Mary Miller, city county planner. Yes, it is. Um, staff requested this rezoning be initiated so that the zoning would match the land division. And it did go through while the zoning regulations were being processed. So we only had the two. We just kept track of them. So when they were finished, uh, we kept them together so we could bring them to you as a package and just request the rezoning. Very good. Thank you, Mary. David Carter, Chair. Um, unless there are further questions or comments from uh, uh, from uh, commissioners, I would entertain a motion. Commissioner Struckoff. I, I will make a motion. Uh, Commissioner Eric Struckoff. Um, I move that we uh, Recommend approval of the request rezone approximately 19.85 acres at 785 North 1550 Road from Ag 1 to Cluster Preservation and forward that recommendation on to the, city, uh, the County Commission. Thank you, Commissioner Struckoff. David Carter Chair, do I have a second? Commissioner uh, Carpenter. Um, any further discussion before we go to a vote? Commissioner Carpenter. This is off topic, but while we have Dr. Marcelino here, if Kurt would pull him up on the split screen for the YouTube. I just want to thank Dr. Marcelino. He's the Douglas County Public Health Officer that's guided us through the pandemic and continues to do an exceptional job for all of us. So I just want to publicly thank him um, on behalf of all of us and the community for doing that. So thank you, Dr. Marcelino. You got a lot of support here, even though that you don't have a lot of support from other counties, you got it here. So I'm really happy to see how, how we're doing with the vaccinations. Some of us have been out there volunteering and it is quite an operation. So thanks for all your work on that. Yeah, uh, thank you very much. And I think it's just a testament to Douglas County because Douglas County's really done a good job and made it a lot easier to, to, to fight this pandemic. So thank you to everybody. Well, thank you, Dr. Marcelino. Um, uh, very heartfelt thanks. And uh, David Carter Chair, uh, and, and thank you to Commissioner Carpenter for making that astute observation. It's, uh, it would have been a shame to miss that opportunity. So uh, thank you very much. Um, if there are no further, um, further um, uh, question, excuse me, discussion, um, I'm going to pause. Then I would ask for um, uh, Jeff to read the role, please. Certainly, Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Butler? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Commissioner Sands? Yes. Commissioner Shanklin? Yes. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Commissioner Struckoff? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes 10 to zero. Thank you, Jeff, David Carter Chair. Um, and thank you, Dr. Marcelino, for allowing us to end our regular agenda on a high note. Um, this brings us just to, to uh, section F of our agenda, miscellaneous new or old business. I would like to um, just bring up, uh, I'd like to uh, give the commission an update on the uh, draft letter that we discussed in our last meeting. Uh, following um, that meeting and and the um, the joint meeting with the city and county commissions, 
um, uh, Vice Chair Sinclair and I met. Uh, oh, and 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 also we got some some uh, some uh, some edits, some suggested edits from commissioners. Um, uh, Vice Chair Sinclair and I did meet to discuss our next steps, um, and uh, uh, we'll be. We, our intent is to submit a final draft for approval by the commission in next month's meeting. So, um, uh, Jeff, uh, I should have been taking notes when, when we had our most recent, um, or Jeff or Becky, uh, our most recent um, discussion. If you could please just remind me what my deadline is to get that to you in order to make it onto the agenda for next month. Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services Director, give us one moment. My internal calendar is failing me at this hour, so we're double-checking that date for you. April 19th. I'll let Becky chime in with that information. That's fine. I don't wish to delay uh, uh, the meeting for everybody else. We'll, we'll be in touch about that just so that I don't miss the opportunity uh, to, uh, to get this back to the commission in our next meeting. Um, I think, so, uh, Mr. Chair, I believe we've got the answer for you. <laughs> oh, very good. Thank you. Becky? Yeah, Becky Pepper, Planning Manager, April 19th. Fantastic. Thank you, Becky. David Carter, Chair. Um, I'm happy to take uh, commentary. I see Commissioner Willie would uh, like to say something. Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner. No, I was totally changing topics. Were you done? Oh, I'm done. <laughs> so I'm done with that, that item, and I'm happy to entertain other uh, new or old business from, from commissioners. Okay, Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner, I have a very important topic of discussion, and that would be, I, I would move that we bring back the time limit for our study sessions, even though they're happening on Monday nights. Uh, I feel that an open-ended discussion with an open-ended time frame is a bit of a disaster. Uh, I think that we need the discipline to keep on track by having a, a time frame for that, um, and I think that that will help uh, be more efficient with everybody's time. Thank you, Commissioner Willie. I'll turn that over to Commissioner Sinclair for his commentary. Sinclair Planning Commissioner, I just want to clarify if that's a personal affront to me. <laughs> uh, uh, Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner, no, indeed, it is not. I just, I think if you had the framework of a time frame, uh, all else would fall beautifully under your guidance. You just happen to be in the hot seat for an unmanageable meeting. It happens to all of us. So. <laughs> David Carter Chair, thank you for that observation. I'm I'm grateful to you, uh, Commissioner Willie, because I think, you know, it, it it you know we make light of it, but um, you know, our, just you know, for context, of course, our mid month meetings are usually at seven thirty in the morning on a work day, uh, and so there's kind of a a, a built in uh, time limit. You know, there's it, it goes to nine o'clock, and by that time, uh, most everyone needs to be somewhere else, and we don't have that that um, that informally. Um, um, uh, imposed time limit on the uh, evening sessions. Um, so uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of that. I think uh, what I might um, ask uh, staff, is that something that needs to be imposed or is that the discretion of the vice chair when leading the meeting to just say, hey, this is an hour and a half meeting? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services Director. That is at the discretion of the vice chair. So it uh, could be just announced at the beginning of the meeting that, you know, we will uh, in by um, 6.35, and, you know, that would wrap it all up to be perfectly fine. So, no, it's uh, vice chair's discretion at the time on that. Very good. Thank you. Um, uh, David Carter, Chair. Commissioner Sinclair. Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner. Just to salvage my reputation a little bit here, I 
tried. I endeavored at actually our first meeting with the MMTC to have it within a certain time limit. And then I think I was left with the impression, and I can't remember who it was specifically, that because it was a, a regularly scheduled Monday meeting without a sort of end date or end time, it, it was a little tricky to do so. But if if I do have that that latitude, I would very much prefer to have these aim for 90 minutes tops, just like our meetings um, normally uh, um, in the mid-month. Thank you, Mr. Vice Chair, David Carter Chair. Uh, any further discussion on that topic? Uh, Mr. Chair, uh, staff would like to just kind of piggyback on that item. We have some information to share with you. On that, I believe. Please. Thank you, Becky Pepper, Planning Manager. I think this is a great opportunity to uh, remind everyone that our next mid-month meeting um, our April meeting will actually be a joint meeting with the um, Affordable Housing uh, Board, and we'll be joining their meeting. So that meeting will take place on April 12th um, from 11 a.m. until 1 o'clock. Jeff Crick, Planning okay, and Development Services Director. I believe the uh, Affordable Housing Advisory Board is going to have other businesses that would be on their agenda. I believe they're going to try to limit uh, the Planning Commission's portion to about half of their meetings, so about 60 minutes. Uh, as soon as we have that agenda, we will share that with you, and we'll also put out the notice on all of our uh, Planning Commission channels. So uh, well, as soon as we get that, we'll pass that information along. Fantastic. Thank you, David Carter Chair. That's very helpful. Um, any further items? Commissioner Ashworth. Commissioner Ashworth, just a quick question. Does that mean the meeting on the 26th is not happening then? Thank you, Planning Manager. That's correct. We will not have a mid-month meeting on the, the Monday, the normally scheduled Monday Planning Commission meeting. We will have our regularly scheduled Planning Commission items then on that Wednesday date. Very good. Thank you, uh, Becky, and thank you, Commissioner Ashworth, for that clarification. David Carter Chair, um, any further discussion before we adjourn? All right, with that, I would accept a motion to adjourn. Don't have to be so shy. Uh, Commissioner Butler, uh, thank you. I move that we adjourn this meeting. Thank you, Commissioner Butler. Uh, David Carter Chair, do I have a second? Commissioner, wanted lots of them. Uh, Commissioner Struckoff. Um, and uh, Jeff, can I ask you to read the roll, please? Absolutely. Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services Director. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Butler? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Mm -hmm. Yes. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Commissioner Sands? Yes. Commissioner Shanklin? Yes. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Commissioner Struckoff? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes 10 to 0. Thank you all. We are adjourned. Look forward to talking to you again on April 12th. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.